Today's podcast is brought to you by my book, The Sex Spiral, Forgiven and Free from Pornography. The Sex Spiral will teach you God's design for sexuality, the triggers that lead to porn addiction, and how to exit the sex spiral with a purity plan for your life. You can order online at Amazon.com or any other retailer. Hey, thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy today's show. The Dustin Daniels Show. Broadcasting from beautiful downtown Phoenix, from the Faith Talk Studios in the Camelback Towers. Unashamedly proclaiming God's purity through His Son, Jesus Christ. Devoted to saving marriages. Dedicated to protecting children. Addressing sex with biblical truth and without shock value. You're listening to the intersection of life and lust. Call toll-free at 1-855-5-DUSTIN. And now, here's your host, Purity Pastor Dustin Daniels. Start children off on the way that they should go. And even when they're old, they will not turn from it. Direct your children onto the right path, and when they're older, they're not going to leave it. Train up a child in the way that he should go, and even when he's older, he will not depart from it. Starting today's show off, Proverbs 22.6, and if you are a parent, you're going to be very, very interested in today's show. And even if you're not a parent, today's topic will leave you pondering questions like, How on earth did we as a country get to this point? The point to where our children are so confused when it comes to sex and sexuality. The point to where our children believe the lie that marriage between one man and one woman is, it's not a priority. In fact, in the culture, it's it's just a joke. And the point to where pornography is so prevalent in in high school and college that statistics tell us that nearly 100% of all students are watching it at some level. Is this a bit concerning? Well, I've got good news. All in favor of good news? My guest today has been teaching students for nearly two decades specifically in the Christian education world. Shannon Halfpower is the founder of Oikos Ministries, and she has developed a teaching style that has brought the stories and the truth of the Bible to life. And her relational personality, her gift of communication, the insightful application, it has created a hunger in young people to know more about the scriptures and the God who inspired them. Shannon, welcome to the Dustin Daniel Show. Be here. Hey, it is so good to be with you. What exactly is Oikos Ministries? Well, Oikos is a Greek word that means home or your realm of influence. Um, But I would say that really Oikos Ministries began way before I um, decided to use that word or even started an official ministry. I would say it started when I was um, a young mom, and I was traveling and leading worship and uh, doing women's ministry events with my best friend, who at the time I, I believe is one of the best Bible teachers I ever sat under. And we did an event, a women's event in San Jose, California. And it just so happens that at that event, there were a lot of young people. 
Um, moms had brought a lot of their teenage daughters to the event, and so my friend and I decided we'd split up. And I would take the younger gals, and I would teach them God's Word. And I loved it so much that on the way back on the airplane, she looked at me and she said, Shannon, what do you believe God was saying to you this weekend? And I told her, I said, I believe God's calling me to impact this next generation. And really, I had more gotten that out of my mouth than within a year I was teaching Bible in Christian school. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Isn't God awesome? And so um, predominantly, I taught Old Testament and New Testament in Christian education for many years and brought my kids up through Christian education and gave them an incredible foundation in Christian worldview. But we we reached a point where my son, Zach, um, was finishing eighth grade, and he was an amazing athlete, felt like God was really calling him to be used in the sports arena. And we had a decision to make. Would we keep our kid at Christian school, or we were going to take them to public school. And trust me, that was no easy choice for us. (laughs) Right. We debated back and forth. We listed the pros and cons. On any given day, we'd lean towards the pros. On any given day, we'd lean towards the cons. And finally, my husband said, listen, we just need to seek God and we need to ask him for a yes or no. Because no matter what happens, if we know God says yes, we trust that Zach's where he needs to be, and if he says no, and we put him back in Christian education, we know that he needs to be there. So that's what we did. We didn't talk about it for about two weeks, and we met together, and he said, what you got? And I said, well, I got a yes, and he said, me too. And so we set out on this journey, and we put our kid in public school, and I told Zach two things when he was heading in. I said, number one, be who you are right off the bat. Take all the crud up front. Stand for what you believe, and eventually when they watch you on the field, they will respect you, and they'll respect who you are. And I said, and second, you need to find Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. (laughs) And I'll be honest, that was a little bit more difficult. But because of his choices and his character and the fact that Doug and I quickly got involved at the school, I think God did the most amazing thing. He opened doors for us that, to be honest, we never saw, and and we weren't looking for. And um, So I was around Zach's sophomore year when I was helping some kids in math because, to be honest, I started out in public school as a math teacher. Okay. But I was helping some kids in math at Borders. And one of Zach's buddies texted me and said, hey, Mama Hoff, where are you? And I said, I'm at Borders, and I'm helping some kids in math. And he said, well, Zach told me you could help me with a math problem. And I said, sure, come on up. So he comes up there, and I'm sitting at Borders, and I'm reading my Bible just for my personal study, and he comes up the table, and he goes, what you doing? And I said, well, I'm reading my Bible. I'm doing my Bible study. I go, you want to do it with me? And he looked at me, and he goes, yeah. And I said, well, what do you know? He goes, absolutely nothing. I've never seen it before. Mm. And I said, well, I'll tell you what. We probably ought to start at the beginning. What do you think? (laughs) And he said, sounds good. So we opened up to Genesis chapter 1, and we read the creation account. And I said, listen, I'm going to teach you something in about 15 minutes. And he said, all right. And I said, what did God do on the first three days? And he's being all detailed and very academic. And he's giving me all the details of everything the verses say. And I said, so would it be fair to say that on the first three days, God formed everything? He formed the sea, the sky, the land. And he said, yeah, 
yeah, that's what he did. And I said, all right. I go, well, what did he do on the second three days? And he's doing the same, giving me all kinds of detail. And I said, so would it be fair to say that what he formed, he filled? Did he start filling it up? And he goes, yeah. And I said, even man, right, with the breath of life? And he goes, yeah, that's right. And I looked at him and I said, listen, Brian, I want you to understand. God did not create anything to be empty. What he formed, he filled, and it was very good. Sin did that. And if you want to know how sin made us empty, come back next Monday and I'll tell you. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> and he, go, he looked at me and he goes, I have never heard that before. And he said, and I will come back next Monday. And he said, if I come up here on Mondays, will you teach me the Bible? And mm. I go, absolutely. I would love to. And he goes, can I bring a friend? And I said, sure. And so the next Monday, I came up to Borders, not knowing for real, you know, if they would show up. And lo and behold, there they were, two of them. Wow. And we sat down, and I went through the gospel message with them. And we decided we were just going to go through the book of Genesis. And I was going to teach them the Bible just like I would in the Christian school classroom. And so three weeks later, Zach goes, what are you doing, my son? And I said, I'm teaching your friends the Bible. And he said, all right, well, I'll come up there. And so he came up there, and I kid you not, in a matter of five, six weeks, we had 12 high school students sitting around a table at First Borders, then Starbucks, learning the Bible. And it was amazing, their hunger for the Word. And so we started getting too large. And so I said, I tell you what, let's just go to our house. You guys go to football. I'll, you come to our house. I'll cook dinner for you, and then we'll just do Bible study. I'll just teach you the Bible. And that was, what, six years ago, and we're still running at that Bible study anywhere between 40 and 60 kids every Sunday night. It, it's mind-blowing. That is that is so cool, Shannon. And not only are you teach that, that God gave you that opportunity to teach high school men the God's Word from the very, very beginning, but also that you were doing it in a public setting. And I just have to smile as you were telling me that story, and I'm thinking— how many other people were listening in on that conversation, and how cool was that? Oh, absolutely. I cannot tell you the times that I'll be teaching in a public setting like that, and you'll have some older person walk up to you and just say, you've made my day. Wow. You've made my day, because I look around at this world, and I look at these young people and where we're headed, and I get so depressed and discouraged. And then I came to this bookstore today, and I saw these young people sitting around you and you teaching them the depth of the Scriptures <laughs> and their interest. And I can think of one man in particular, and he goes, you just, you just gave me hope. You've given me hope. That is and so cool. I'm telling you, they do. They have a hunger for the Word of God. And so many of them have never heard it. And one of the Bible studies, um, it's one of my favorite stories ever. We were sitting in my living room. And I was sharing the story of Abraham sacrificing Isaac. Mm. And obviously I was paralleling that with the crucifixion. And I was telling them, you know, Abraham is described as a friend of God in the Bible. And I said, and a friend is someone who knows you. They know your heart. They've spent time with you. They know what you're going through. And I said, this story to me is like God looking at Abraham and saying, you want to be my friend? You really want to be my friend? You want to know my heart? You want to know what I'm going to go through? Take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and take him to a mountain in Moriah, a mountain that I will show you, which we know to be Calvary. 
and I want you to offer him there as a burnt offering to me. Now, Abraham knew that the promise of the Messiah, of this nation, was going to come through this son Isaac. And although he didn't fully understand, he was obedient, and it was a trip only the father and the son could take. And Isaac carried his own wood, and Abraham carried the knife and the fire. And we see the sacrifice take place, and Abraham lifts the knife to kill his son, and God says, stop, and he provides the lamb. And so I went through the whole story, and I described it, and I talked about the cross and what Christ did for us, and that he gave his life for us to pay our debt. And in in replace, he gives us his righteousness. And so I went through the whole gospel message. And one of the kids who happened to be one of our top running backs at the time raises his hand and goes, Mama Hoff, how do I do that? Mm. How do I do that? How do I ask Jesus into my heart to save me? And I'm telling you what, I had goosebumps like you cannot <laughs> imagine. And you're ta- I'm talking in a room filled with 45 high schoolers, public school high schoolers. Wow. He didn't care. He wanted what he heard. Mm. And so one of the kids beside me said, hey, Mama Hoff, when I asked Jesus in my heart, everyone in the room prayed the prayer so that I felt encouraged. Can we do that? And I said, absolutely. said, I would love it. And so this young man prayed to receive Christ. And oh my word, we were just, we were like jumping up and down at the end of that Bible study. But the story gets better because the next day, our family was eating at Chili's, and it just so happens uh, this running back was going to Army, no, mm. Air Force, to play football. And they were also recruiting my son. And so the next day, we were eating dinner, and we get a phone call from the Air Force recruiter, and he says, hey, I'm coming, Zach, I'm coming to your house. And he said, all right. And so we go to the house, and he comes in, and we're talking. We'll come to find out this recruiter is a believer. and he is a Christ follower. He is sold out, loves the Lord. And so I told him the story and I said, you know, so-and-so. And And he said, yeah, he's coming to Air Force. And I said, well, believe it or not, he prayed to receive Christ in that chair you're sitting in last night. (laughs) And he said, what? And I said, yeah, absolutely. And so he found out about our Bible study and what was going on. And he's like, that is awesome. And so what is cool is after he left our house, he called this young man And he said, listen, I just want to tell you how proud I am of you, Mm. and I just want to welcome you to the family of God. And I want to tell you that if while you're at Air Force, you need anything, please let me know. You call me, and um, I'll be willing to hook you up at a church and uh, get you set up. And so it was awesome. I looked at my son, who was a junior at the time, and I said, Zach, you know how sometimes you tell me you don't experience God the way that I do? And I said, buddy, lift up your eyes. You just did. It all started when your dad and I thought we probably needed to put you in public school. And Mm -hmm. we were scared out of our brain, to be honest. But we were obedient. And your character provided us the opportunity to share with your friends. And now we have a Bible study that we were never looking to have. (laughs) And in the middle of this Bible study, this young man just prayed to receive Christ. And it just so happened that the same recruiter recruiting you calls him up and says, welcome to the family of God. Shannon Hoffpower is my guest today, founder of Oikos Ministries. You can visit her website at oikosministries.org. That's O-I-K-O-S ministries.org.
org. Shannon, in your experience of teaching students for the for the past 20 years in, in public and private schools, how are we doing on the topic of getting biblical sexuality taught from hmm. your perspective? Well, I would say, um, you know, since, since we started the Bible studies, we've, we've started several more, and we're actually teaching in middle school right now on public school campuses. Um, believe it or not, we're renting rooms in public middle school before school starts, and we're teaching Bible, which is unbelievable. It's an optional class, and kids are coming in to learn the scriptures. And so I'm finding more and more out about what's happening in the public arena. And I would say that public schools are becoming more proactive when you're talking about sex education. They're educating our educating our students at a much younger age about their bodies, about the reproductive system, but they're doing this mostly because of negative effects Mm -hmm. of a very sexually active generation. Sure. So they're addressing teen pregnancy, sexually transmitted diseases, those kinds of things. But the problem is they're not teaching it from a Christian worldview. They want to educate our kids on the safety of sex, but when it comes up to the choice of having it, They leave that completely up to them. So they say things to them, well, whenever it feels right or whenever you feel ready. Well, the problem is the Bible says that there is a way that seems right into a man, and in the end it leads to death. And from even young ages, we're giving them messages like, follow your heart. Well, what does the Bible say? The Bible says (laughs) the heart is deceitful above all things. Who can understand it? So many times after years of, sexual activities, what we're finding is that students are coming away feeling empty and confused. So what happens, Shannon, when they hear the truth from you? They're amazed. They First off, I have to introduce them to God, Mm. because everything we believe about every issue starts with, what do you believe about God? Right. So I start there, and I talk to them about God and how He created us and how He loves us. And so His Word describes him, how he created us, his plan for our lives, and his precepts bring life. And so when you begin to teach them sex in a Christian worldview, their eyes are opened, and they've never heard anything like that before. How, how bad is the lie of, from the culture saying that marriage, it really doesn't matter, that it's, it used to be old-fashioned, what they would call it, one man and one woman, how prevalent is that lie that you've seen with, with your students? Well, Does it really matter? I think the majority of the students that I'm with, I still think they have the hopes of that kind of marriage. I'll be honest with you. That's, that's wonderful. Praise it is. God. But I think they walk around in despair wondering if that's possible mm, okay. because they've seen so many that don't last. And you're right. It's not valued in what they see and what they hear. And the problem is, even in the private realm, I think we're doing better teaching purity and sexuality from a Christian worldview. But in the past, I think we've been behind. Because for so long, we've allowed the world to have the mic when sex is concerned. Right. And for some reason, although we believe God created it and it's good, we seem to have this negative connotation on it to where we're uncomfortable talking about it. And so we don't start talking about it young enough. 
how old do you do you start your Bible studies, and then at what age do you bring that that topic of of sex and sexuality up? Well, I typically bring it up when I teach in the middle school, so sixth, seventh, and eighth. But okay. I'll be honest with you, I believe parents need to start talking a lot younger than that. I I started talking to my daughter, um, my son, and my daughter around the age of ten, and. Uh, I believe you need to answer their questions. I believe at that age they're more curious than embarrassed. And so you have this window of opportunity to begin to talk. And, I mean, I handled it in a fun way with my daughter. I mean, we made a day of it. We kicked the boys out of the house. <laughs> we had just uh, a mom-daughter night at home. We shopped all day because I just figure if you're going to learn about sex for the first time, you ought to be able to shop all day. Right. And so we shopped, and then we got dressed and went to a nice dinner, and I took my notebook and my pencil, and I explained to her her body and how it works and how God had made her to produce life and what a blessing that was, and I explained to her what sex was, and I answered all of her questions, and it was an amazing night. And then we went to a late show, and we laid in bed, and I'll never forget, she looked up at me, and she goes, Mom, this is the best day of my life. Wow. And I looked at her, and I go, Hillary, I'm so glad. I said, why is that? And she goes, well, think about it. I shopped all day. I had a nice dinner. I learned about sex, went to a late show. Best night of my life. And, and how old was she? She was 10. 10 years And I old. looked at her and I said, now, Hillary, here's the thing. As you get older, you're going to hear more and more things. But I have taught you almost all there is to teach you. Mm. I have taught you God's design of your body. I've taught you what sex is. I've taught you about covenant. And I'm telling you, you have all the information. Now, when you go into middle school, you're going to start to hear a lot of slang. You're going to start to hear a lot of words that don't sound so nice to describe what I've taught you. But I want you to be confident to know you're educated. And so when you hear those words or you hear something you don't understand, come to me and ask me. Because you already know what it is. You just don't know what they're talking about. So feel free to ask me. And because I started talking to her so young, and it was freely talked about in the home in an appropriate way, she did that. And as middle school came, she began to ask me what certain words were, what does this mean? And we had open conversation about it. And we laugh to this day because (laughs) I remember one night I was in the kitchen, I'm cooking spaghetti. Zach was 16 at the time. He's doing his homework at the table. Hillary's walking around the island asking me all kinds of questions about, you know, stuff at school. And she's talking about sex and And she looks at me and she goes, frankly, I just cannot imagine that I would ever want to do that. (laughs) And she looked at her brother sitting at the table doing his homework, trying to ignore us. And she goes, Zach, do you want to have sex? And he looked up from his homework and he says, Hillary, I'm a 16-year-old boy. Of course I want to have sex. And she just rolled her eyes and walked off. And I looked at Zach and I go, how healthy is this? Oh, my gosh. And and Hillary was how old at that time? She was probably 12. Okay. Um, come, you know, in middle school. And I, you know, my husband and I just kept it open. And we kept talking about it all through school. And we're still talking about it. And my son went off to college. And I remember asking him, you know, Zach, have I loved you enough? Have I loved you enough? And he goes, of course, Mom. 
And I said, no, what my question is, that sometimes parents, when we preach holiness and we teach you the precepts in the Bible and we set that standard, sometimes it can come across as legalism. And I just want you to know I love you. And no matter what you do, I will love you and I will be here and I want to talk to you about it. And he goes, no, Mom, you have. And I said, Zach, I'm going to say something. I want you to understand that even if you have sex before marriage, I will love you. Mm. And I want to talk to you about it. And I want to keep that open. And he goes, I know, Mom, I know. And we have a pretty open conversation about their lives because we started young. Shannon Hoffpower is my guest today, founder of Oikos Ministries. You can visit her website at oikosministries.org. Thank you so much for listening. And let's always remember what the Word of God says. 1 Corinthians 4.20, the kingdom of God isn't just a lot of talk. We're talking a lot about sex and sexuality and God's word, but it's living and living in God's power. I love you guys. See you next week. The Dustin Daniels Radio Show is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. This information is given with the understanding that neither the host nor the station is engaged in rendering counseling advice for your personal situation. If you need further help, we encourage you to seek the services of a Christ-based counseling professional. For more information on the radio show, visit DustinDanielsRadio.com.